So life is a journey. I don't know if you've noticed that yet. <laughs> the interesting thing is that the journey of life that we're on that we often focus on and believe ourselves to be on is a finite journey. It's a physical journey. It has a beginning and an end. Just as this level of creation has a beginning and an end. But what we're asking you to do is to stretch yourself and to begin to see that you are infinite and that the journey that you're on is infinite. And it isn't about this world or about this body or about this time but rather it's about the essence of who you are and living that essence to its fullness as best you can in any given moment. That essence that you are is the divine living loving of the Lord. You are the loving. And God puts you into action to express that loving, to live that loving, to fulfill that loving in every given moment the best that you can. When you are in this world, which is finite, which is limited, which is of the world of polarity, positive and negative, it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge because it's a world that is in separation. It's separate from the spiritual creation. It's separate from God's creation. It's a separate creation. And as that we can feel very lost and separate here. And the key for us all on this journey, on this pathway, is to find that pathway inside that brings us back into the fullness, back into the awakening, back into the knowing, back into the living of that truth of who we are as the living love of the Lord. And then do what we can in every given moment to continue living into that, to continue choosing into that. It is our choice. We can choose into our limitation. We can choose into our pain. We can choose into all that this world offers us and live it. Or we can choose to live now in the truth of who we are and live in that which is where our soul does dwell right now, which is in the realm of spirit, not this world. And then bring the essence of our soul, our own truth down, and live it fully now. If you are the living, loving essence of the Lord, that means you are not your mind. You are not your emotions. You are not your body. Those are elements of this physical creation that your soul came and is using here to have experience. It is for us to bring the loving into this creation and live the loving as fully as we can while we are in this creation. And in that way, we fulfill what we came to do. God gave us a journey to walk. God gave us a purpose to fulfill. When God created the soul, God didn't create soul just willy-nilly. Oh, let's do this today. This looks like it could be fun. 
God had intention. Everything that God does, God does with intention. And you were created with intention. And you, the soul, which is the manifestation of God's living love, is set forth into action with intention to go and wake up and to fulfill that which you are, to live the loving in its fullness everywhere throughout all of God's creation, even in its limited one, this world of separation. And to allow yourself to become that which you really are. That's what this pathway of meditation is about. It's an opportunity once again to stop looking down and out, to stop looking into the action of separation and to come back once again inside, inward and upward and to begin to wake up to the truth of who we are. Not to believe that you are the mind, the emotions, the body, this world, but to believe yourself to be of that divine essence of soul and spirit and to begin to live in that and to fulfill that while you're in the body. You know, I've met a lot of people, including priests, a rabbi, many, many people in the church as I've been on this journey. And they look at it as a journey of hope and of faith and of trust that the words that are written in books are the words of truth that are going to save them. And that all they have to do is to believe and to have faith in those words and that they will be saved. But in asking some of these different individuals that were leaders in their own communities whether or not they really knew, do you know that that's the truth? Do you know that at the time that you leave a physical body that those words are going to be there to fulfill what you feel and know and hope that they are going to fulfill. And many of them can say yes, but many of them will also say no. I don't know for sure. I won't know till I die. This pathway is a pathway of personal experience, and it's a pathway of knowing. It's not a pathway of faith. We don't ask you to believe anything. We don't ask you to have faith in anything that we say or have faith in Brian or myself. We offer you an opportunity to work a spiritual science, to take inside yourself and begin to work and bring awake that living loving inside of you so that you can have direct experience of the truth of who you are as soul above the mind and above this creation. And in that action of awakening and into that action of living into that fullness of who you are as the loving essence of the Lord, you will have experience to know the truth of who you are, to know that you are infinite, that you are forever, that you are the loving essence of the Lord. 
and that you have never been separated from God. You have never left the heart of God, but rather that you have always been right there with God. But you, in your own way, began to believe the illusion and believe the great dream and allowed yourself to fall into that belief of separation. What we want you to do is to wake up beyond all of that once again and to live the truth of who you are. I remember when I was a child and I began my spiritual journey at that time when I was five years old. And I knew that I had something to do in the world, but I didn't know quite what it was. Spirit had told me that I was here to do service. And so I began to look to see, well, what kind of service am I here to do? And I looked and I tried to figure it out and I couldn't read yet, so I couldn't look it up in the dictionary. So in my own mind, I'm just playing around at five, six years old with the whole idea of service. Then one day I went and I asked my mother, what, what does it mean that I'm going to be in service? And right away, because we lived in San Antonio, Texas, with five military bases around, she said, you're going to be in the military. <laughs> well, that didn't sit right. <laughs> I'm going to be in the military? I don't think so. I don't want to be in the military. <laughs> I remember going back to God that night and sitting in my, my bedroom talking to God, which I did every, every day. I mean, every day in some form, sometime. And just saying, but Lord, do I have to go into the army? Because that's my idea of the military at that time was the army. Do I have to go in the army? I don't want to go in the army. <laughs> and all I heard was, Jim, you are here to do service. Just be of service. And, and at that moment I said, okay, if I have to go in the military, I'll do it. If I have to be in the army, I'll do it. But I didn't want to do it. But if that's where God wanted me, I was going to do it. And so for a few months, I walked in my life thinking that that's where I was going to be. And I began to look and watch the military people I would see at the grocery stores or wherever and ponder myself as being that. But every time I looked at it, it just seemed like it wasn't going to take me where I wanted to go. I didn't see me in that lifestyle fulfilling what I knew of God in me wanting to fulfill. And it wasn't until I was actually seven years old and I went to a church service. And afterward, we were coming out the door and I, my mom and dad were there and we, we talked to the minister for a moment. And as we were leaving, I said, can I go back and talk to him for a minute? And I went up to him and I said, so what do you think of service? What is service to you? Because I had started asking people this statement because I wanted to find out, well, what, what am I supposed to be doing here? And that may be something you find happens in your own inner journey. God will give you hints, but God doesn't tell you everything. God will say a word or two or a sentence, but then you've got to discover what is the power and the meaning and the direction 
that God is focusing you towards. So I started going around and asking everybody, as, as what, what is service to you? So I went and I asked this minister about service. And he said, service is power. It's a powerful place to be, to be in service. But you have to decide who it is you're serving and how it is you're going to serve. And I said, well, who do you serve? And he said, I serve the people. And I said, how is it that you then serve them? And he said, just what you saw today, that's my service. I share with them what I have learned of God in my education. And I try to educate them about God. Well, it was interesting. That almost lined up with what was inside of me. But this whole thing of educating people about God wasn't quite it. I, I, I could feel like, oh my God, that's better than the army. <laughs> but it still didn't line up directly with me. But he gave me a different direction to look in. And so I went and I sat and I remember saying to God that night, okay, Lord, I've got a different idea of service and it isn't going to be the army. And the one I'm going to serve is you. I'm going to serve you. I am not going to serve a military person and I am not going to serve people in the world. I'm going to serve you. And now I'm coming to you to tell me what it is I'm to do in this service. Who am I to serve and how am I to serve? I know who I am going to serve is you. And it seemed like everything in that moment at the age of seven just started lining up. And I knew that I had found the direction I was going to go, at least pretty close. Then for years, I would tell people I was going to be a minister because that was the closest thing I had found that lined up with what I had been feeling and knowing inside. Well, a lot of things happened over the years that brought me finally to this place of serving God in this way. And I'm not here to educate you. I'm here to share with you, to share with you my loving, to share with you my joy, to share with you my experience, my experience of God, my knowing of God, my understanding, that you might begin to be inspired to find that for yourself. Not to take what I say or what Brian has to say about it and try to live it out like I was trying to do with military and minister, but rather to take and find inside yourself your own inspiration, your own truth, your own direction. To begin to quest, to begin to search. A lot of times it's very easy to become complacent in this world. We just kind of go, oh, hum, you know, this is my life. Welcome to it. I'm just stuck here. I don't have any choices. But we do. We all have choices. And it's up to us to make choices daily, to make choices in every given moment. And not just to settle into something. Because it's easy to settle. It really is. It's very easy to settle into the routine, into the habit, 
and the lifestyle of this creation. And that's what this creation wants us to do. It wants us to become complacent and stuck and caught and trapped and believing that you are caught in the limitation and that there's no way out. Because if you believe that and you live that, then the Lord of this creation has you one more lifetime. It's for us to begin to take charge of our life. It's for us to begin to listen inside to the truth that lies within. Not in the world. The world will tell us all kinds of stories. Well, I was going to be in the military. Well, I was going to be a minister. And there was other things that were all along that way that I was told that I would most likely be because of what I was saying. But I ever turned back inside to where I knew a different voice, that still small voice of God inside. I turned and listened to that inside of me and followed that rather than the voices in the world. But for many of us, we are ever following the voices of the world. Our parents, our teachers, our brothers, our sisters, all that we are surrounded by in the world. And it's for us to begin to discern what is our truth in all of this? Who am I in all of this? And what do I really want in all of this? What do I want? And where do I find my truth? Do I find it in the voices of other people? Do I find it in the words of a book? Do I find it in the ritual of a service? Where do I find my truth? Well, I'm sure that many of you have done just that. You have looked around and tried to find your truth in so many different places. And for a while, this seemed like the truth. Oh my God, they're so clear. They know so much. I've got to follow them. Or this book is it. Oh my God, everything is in this book. If you just would believe in this book, you will be fine. You will be saved. You will be okay. You will know your way. And then all of a sudden, one day you set that book down, and now it's a ritual of some kind. Ultimately, we all end up, whether it's in this lifetime or another, realizing that all of that falls short. It doesn't carry the truth for you. The truth for you is inside you. And only you can find that truth and then begin to live it. Nobody can tell you your truth because nobody is living the life that you are living. Nobody. And nobody can understand the experiences that you are having. Only you are having those experiences and only you are coming to understand what those experiences are about and gleaning truth from it. And the more that you can do that, the easier your path of life becomes. But it's also 
about stop looking out into the world and start looking inside where the truth really resides. When the soul comes into this creation, it is a spirit and it does not have the means by which to have experience in this physical creation. It is not physical material in nature. It is spiritual essence. And the essence that you are as spirit, as soul, is loving. Well, this physical creation is not a loving creation. It was not created out of loving. It was created out of nothingness. It was a state of nothingness. It was void in its creation. And it was waiting to come into manifestation once the spiritual universe that God was manifesting was complete. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was void and without form. This whole creation, this physical universe, and so much more that we never can see of the physical creation, was void and without form. There was nothing here. And it wasn't until the souls began to come into this creation that things began to manifest because we brought forward the creative power of loving. And so everything that we see is a manifestation of our loving. But it's all just a reflection and not really true because this world as of yet hasn't come into its own. This creation of the physical creation, the earth in the Bible, has not come into its own. We came into it and created what we wanted to create here. But it's just a reflection of something that we know of to be true in spirit. So it's for us to let go of looking into that reflection, into that illusion, into that outer quality where it truly is nothing, and to go back inside and begin to connect to the truth of who we really are. Once you connect back to the seat of the soul and begin to rise up above this physical creation and wake up to the truth of who you are as soul, and that soul begins to wake up and know itself in the heart of God, you understand then better about what I just talked about as this being nothingness, as this being a reflection. Until then, you're going to live in this world as though if this is everything. This is the truth. This is solid. Come on, this has got to be real. But if you talk to a physicist, they'll tell you this isn't solid. This isn't real. And if you talk to somebody who is awake in God, they'll tell you the same. This isn't solid, and this is not real. These bodies don't exist. These bodies are not real. But they are a great truth that we have believed in, and as long as we believe in it, they will be here to serve the soul. It's an amazing thing to wake up inside in spirit and to realize the truth of who we are, 
the truth of who I am, the I am that is in every one of us, because the soul is the soul in every one. When God created the light that became the light of the soul, it was one light. It was one soul. It was one essence. And in that oneness, we still lived in the spiritual universe in oneness with God, in its fullness. And I say all the time, and we still do live there. Our souls live in the heart of God right now. We didn't separate. We never left the spiritual universe. We never left. But we turned away from the source and looked at the illusion and believed the illusion. And we have, in a sense, brought ourselves into that belief that we are living in the illusion when we're really not. We're living in the realms of soul and spirit right now. And all that we are here to do, Brian and I, is to help you to wake up again to know that truth. Just as Rumi says, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. We've just gone to sleep and we're living a great dream. We're just living a great dream. Well, some people wouldn't say this is a great dream. <laughs> some people well, you might call it a nightmare. I don't know. <laughs> but it's a dream. And it's we're going to live the dream until we have fulfilled what we came here to do in this dream. Well, you're on a search. Before... In another lifetime, in this lifetime, you were searching outward. You were looking down and out into the world and chasing after things in the world. But somewhere in another lifetime or in this one, you began to change your focus. You realized the world was empty, the world was hollow, the answers weren't out there. And in some action, you began to look inside, trying to understand, trying to figure it out trying to see if you could find the truth inside rather than out there now. And when you began to look inside, your journey changed. No longer are you on this down and out pathway, looking down and out for the truth and the direction home to God. Now you are beginning to return, to truly return back from which you came by going back inside and going upward to begin to connect to your own soul, rising above all these elements of the physical self, and letting go of them to wake up and live the truth of who you are now as the living, loving essence of God. That's why you're here and not out playing soccer or running down the track or going for a swim or being on a boat or going to the movies or going to the bars and listening to music, or whatever it might be. You're doing this now because this is what your soul is now walking in its journey. It's going home. And it's realizing out there isn't the fulfillment. Out there is not the answer. Down and out isn't where I need to be focused and living. It's inward and upward. And that's why 
You're here. You're being initiated. You're receiving that sacred name of God that wakes the soul up into its fulfillment. And you're daily doing the meditation. That's the key. That's the whole key to all of this. You doing the action of meditation. Sitting down, closing your eyes, letting go of the world for a few moments, holding your attention here at the seat of the soul, and just saying, I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. Every time you chant that sacred name, you are saying, I love you, Lord. And every time you chant that sacred name, you are opening to receive God's loving. And one day you're going to hear, if not immediately, you're going to feel, you're going to see, you're going to know that God is saying, I love you. You'll know it. You'll feel it. You'll see it. You'll hear it. You may see it as a purple or blue or white and gold light that pulsates and moves and moves in you and lifts you up out of your body consciousness and into the higher. You may hear it as that sound, that still small voice of God that comes in and lifts us through all these different qualities of the sound, up through all the different realms and back into our own very spiritual heart. Or you may feel it as a sensation coming usually at the top of the head and then moving through the body. Or you may feel the essence of your own soul in your meditation lifting out of your body, coming up and collecting here at the top of the head, at the seat of the soul. And when that door opens, that truth of who you are continues on. That's God's loving in action. So it's a matter of sitting down and giving time for this action to take place. And do that by sitting, closing your eyes, letting go of the world for a few moments, like two and a half hours maybe, and chant that sacred name of God over and over and over and keep bringing your attention back to it. It's a tool. It's a tool by which to hold your focus on God. And when the mind kicks in, and it will, and off you go wandering down a little pathway of daydreams, let it be okay. But when you finally catch yourself and go, wait a minute, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sitting here to meditate. I'm not supposed to be doing that. Bring yourself back to the focus of just chanting the name of God, loving the Lord, and continue the journey. Don't judge that, oh, I lost it for a moment or an hour or maybe a day. Bring yourself back to focus and just let the name come alive inside of you. That sacred name that's given in initiation is given for a purpose. It's not a willy-nilly action. It's not something that we just thought up in the moment. The action of initiation with the sacred name has been on the planet as long as souls have inhabited the physical form. Because God knew that there would be a day when it was time for the soul to go back home, that it will have finished its journey here, and it will need to understand how to disconnect from here and reconnect back to its own source once again. And so there's always been teachers upon the planet who were here 
to give that sacred name to those that were ready. You don't go out and cast pearls before swine. You don't go out and put seed on unfertile soil. You wait until those that are ready come to you and you share with them that sacred name, that pearl of great price. And that's what the action is here. This isn't for everyone, and yet it is. But not everyone is ready for it or wanting it. They still have other experiences to be had in the world. And so let them go and have their experience. as we begin our experience on this journey inward and upward. This takes devotion. This takes dedication. This takes loving. And it takes a lot of patience. I don't know if anybody's realized that yet. <laughs> but it does. And you really have to come into that place of loving and accepting and forgiving yourself over and over and over because you're going to judge yourself again and again for thinking that you've fallen short, that you didn't do your meditation right, that blah, 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 whatever it might be. And you just go back into loving, accepting, and forgiving of yourself so that you do not create separation inside that you do not create barriers between you and the Lord. You love everything. You accept everything about yourself, just as it is. You don't have to change anything. God doesn't want you to change. God just wants you to come home. And forgive yourself when you do put judgments on yourself. Forgive yourself when you do create separation within yourself and God. And allow yourself to just begin to live that simpler pathway, that straight and narrow pathway. And it's a simple way. It's so simple that sometimes it's too simple. And then the mind goes, yeah, but we need to go back and read these books again and we need to go and do this psychic phenomena stuff and we need to do ritual and we need, yeah, 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 I know, we need. Well, who's we? I don't need that. That's what you need. But I'm doing this pathway now. I, the soul, am letting go of all that. I've done it over and over and over and over in this lifetime, in the last lifetime, and ten lifetimes ago, and it has not gotten me anywhere. I'm doing the inner journey now. And if you want to join me, fine. Otherwise, you're just going to have to sit because I'm going to sit and do my meditation. And when I finish meditation, I'll get up and I'll join you in doing the day. I'll join you in participating in the world, but I'm not going to get caught up in the world like you want me to anymore. I, the soul, am now in charge. I am going to live a life of devotion and loving with God. It's just that simple. And so it is a life of choice. Do I meditate right now or not? Do I meditate today or not? Do I stay focused on God or not? 
Do I put the world first or not? Do I put God first or not? Well, we say here, God first and God only. And why do we say it that way? Because I know that this is God. I know that this bottle is God. I know that this is God. I know I am God. Everything that is here, my soul, my mind, my emotions, my body, everything is God. God first, God first, God first. If I just keep saying that and realize that everything is God, then I can't create separation. God first and God only. And I just look to see God in everything and in everyone and in every situation. And not in the beginning. I wish it would happen just like that. But in time, you will begin to see God in everything and in everyone and in every situation to where truly you are living God first and God only. And your meditation will be so much easier because God's in everything. And so God is right there in your meditation too. He's even in the darkness that you feel you're living in with separation. There's God. God is in the darkness. So find God in the darkness. And then the journey can expand and open into greater things. If you believe the darkness is your separation, then you are going to have a harder journey. So just say, God, I know you're there. Can't see you. I can't feel you. I can't hear you right now. It's dark. It's black. It's void. It's There's nothing. But I know even the nothing is you. God will kind of peek out behind the nothingness and go, oh, you got me. And then God just joins you on the next part of the journey. Learn to play the game differently than the world has taught you to play it. Have fun with it all. Laugh with it all. Laugh, ha, 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 and laugh, L-A-F, loving, accepting, and forgiving it all. And you'll find life to be enriching, empowering, moving, meaningful, powerful, and you too will know who you truly are, that you are the divine living, loving essence of the Lord, you are not these bodies. You are not this of this creation. And you will begin to fulfill everything that you came in to do so that you know that when you do take your last breath, you know several things. One, you know the truth of who you are as soul. You know where your soul dwells right now in the heart of God. And you know that because through your meditations, you have journeyed there. You have gone there and you have experienced that for yourself, that I and the Father are one. And you will also know that you fulfilled those things that you came here to do. You have learned the lessons. You have fulfilled the service, whatever you would call it, so that you can leave this world and say, okay, I'm done done with this world, done with this creation. I have done it. And you just go one more time on your journey up into the soul realm, there then to remain. 
and not have to come back down here unless you so choose or unless God so dictates. Now I'll tell you, if God says go back, you'll go, oh sure, whatever you ask. And it'll be a fun journey because you will be doing God's want for you and you'll be doing it consciously. So become conscious. Become awake. Wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. That is what Rumi told his disciples over and over and over in his poems, in his writings, in his teachings. Wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. Omar Khayyam, a teacher of the same pathway, said to his disciples, Awake! Awake! And stay awake for eternity and beyond. Awake. So, I think that the key here is just that. Wake up. Wake up inside. Wake up to the truth of who you are. And don't let this realm of asleep bring you back into it again and get you caught up in the dream. Shakespeare talked about this as the great dream. Aristotle talked about this realm as the great sleep that many do never wake up from. But it's for us individually to do just that, to wake up when it's time. There's a timing to everything. God has a plan. And even that moment of you awakening into the truth of who you are as soul is planned out. God has a timing to it. And you can't make it happen any sooner than to fulfill God's timing. If, if it was my way, we would all be awake and in the heart of God and out of here. Unless you wanted to stay here, but I would have you stay awake. But it ain't happening that way. My will doesn't exactly exert a lot of weight. It's God's will. So this is all God's will. The life that you're living right now is God's will. Oh my God, this is God's will. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would say look at your life it's rich it's wonderful it's filled with opportunity it's filled with experiences it's filled with learning and that's what this is all about living the unlearned lessons bringing them to fulfillment learn the lesson and you are free Fulfill the karma, and you are free. So, spend time every day with God. Do it in meditation. Do it in talking with God. Do it in sharing your loving with the Lord and opening to receive God's loving. And that may be the biggest challenge of it all. 
we're great givers, but not great receivers, because we've never learned how to really allow loving in. We don't know what that is. We don't know how to do that. We crave it. We long for it. We search in the world for it. Well, do you love me? Well, can you love me enough to where I feel loved? Because I don't know how to feel loved. Allow God to love you. And you will know love. You will be filled, overflowing with love. And you will no longer long and crave and need and want and cry out for it. Because you will be it. You will be the living loving. Do that in meditation every day. Make yourself vulnerable to God. And in that, you will know the truth of who you are. You will know the loving that you long and crave for so much. And maybe you've given up hope. Maybe you've even given up that there's anything called love. And you live empty and void and, and ignoring the possibilities. That's fine. But there will be a day, even in all that, that you will turn once again looking for it. And I would ask you to look inside instead of in the world. And there's where you're going to find it. Chant the hue, the sacred name of God. Chant the sacred name of God, give it an initiation. Let the frequencies of those build up inside of you. And you will see restoration of the soul. You will see revitalization of the consciousness. You will see loving coming awake, alive, vital, and expressing itself. Even when you don't want it to, it will do it. Just because you've opened the door, I'll tell you, once that door's open a crack, it's hopeless. You've lost the battle. God's going to win now. And that's what has happened to everyone that's here. The door's already been opened a crack. You may have pulled it shut and are trying to hold it tight and going, okay, God, come on in, come on in. But you're holding it shut. But guess what? God's not tugging on the door yet. But when God does pull that door open, you can't keep it closed. And God opens that door in its right time. The meditation may open that door quickly because you make yourself vulnerable and allow God to open the door to share loving with you. And it may take time for that door to open because it may take time for you to allow yourself to become aware of that movement of loving because you have looked away from it for so long. 